Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. And not just CLNS Radio, or Blog Talk Radio, but also Apple Podcast. Yes, we are also going through streaming through Apple Podcast. Whenever the show ends, you can go straight to your phone if you have Apple, an Apple broad, if you have an Apple phone, Apple product, with the new podcast app that they created, you can go straight to the Hooper's Log. Just search the Hooper's Log through Apple Podcast, the app. Just go there, search through the Hooper's Log, and you'll find us, and you'll find all of our episodes throughout the season this year. We'll be promoting that more often here throughout the show. We have quite the show today, episode 20 here on, yes, it is the first of the month. We got it going here in the first of the month. Yeah, Bone Thugs and Harmony are going to join us a little bit, as you can hear in the background a little bit. Absolutely. You better believe it. Absolutely. Where we got the first of the month today, which means we have the top 10 performances of the month of November slash October. Obviously, we kind of had a weird intro, as the NBA always does. It was the first week of the October month, so we just combine it with November. We got 10 performances, two honorable mentions. We'll get to those at the end of the show. But first, let me introduce my co-host, Andrew Norris. Andrew, what's up, man? What's up, Chris? I, uh... I've had a pretty rough day so far. I, I ate some blazing wings from Buffalo Wild Wings, so I still feel like I'm dying. But uh, I'm going to try my best to talk. Well, hey, at least your uh, at least your Detroit Pistons got off the schneid last night in a victory over the Houston Rockets. That should make you feel a little bit better, at least coming into this show. Uh, we got quite a bit of stuff today. Obviously, performances of the month. We got we're going to predict our players of the month here. We're for Western Conference and Eastern Conference a little bit later. We're going to little, talk a little bit more about the players of the week. If you'd like to call into the FanDuel Studios, the phone number is 323-642-8 on the live edition of the show. If you're listening to the podcast, obviously it doesn't apply to you. But if you're listening to the live edition, please feel free to call in. There are a lot of things to get to today. We have a laid-out, long edition of the show today. This will be on the CLNS app. If you're listening through the CLNS app, if you don't have the CLNS app, go get it. If you're listening through it, awesome. You're listening through CLNS right now. Let's get to the start of the show. You want to get to it? You know, let's get to it. Let's get to it now, Andrew. How about that? Let Let's do it. Let's get it going. All right, all right, all right. We're gonna learn today. Last night in the world of the NBA, we had six. I believe no, we had eight games on the docket. 
if I'm not mistaken, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We had eight games on the docket last night, absolutely. And like I said just a moment ago, we have the Houston Rockets in Detroit, and James Harden went off, and he had a wipe over with the performance. 29 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, and two steals, a 54 on the wipe over with the performance scale. But Reggie Jackson matched him with another 54. He had 31 points, eight assists, five rebounds, and two steals, and the Pistons got the victory. 116 to 105. Andrew, I know you were, were tuned into this one. What did you see from this game last night? Uh, it, it was it was uh, weird games. Um, I'm trying to find trying to find the words. Uh, they were up 28 points at one point. I mean, they, uh, 28 points is the lead. That is, the game is over. Okay, right. when you outscore a team by what is it, 22 in the first half the second half on, like, an 8-0 run. Um, and then the Rockets brought it back to a two-point game. I mean, when I saw that score hit, actually, I think they might have tied it or even taken the lead. But when when I saw this, this Rockets team get the score where it was, that's when my heart was like, this is going to be another bad season for the Pistons, and I'm going to sit through it again. But then I saw Reggie Jackson go in the mode he's gone in 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 the fourth quarter so many times this year. I saw Andre Drummond take over in the third and fourth quarter when he wasn't getting fouled. He ended with 24 and 13. But something you don't realize about the Rockets until you watch a game as intensely as I watch the Pistons, you know they're bad at defense. You know they're really bad. But when you watch these games just – every moment, every movement that happens from every player, you are amazed how just lazy the Rockets are, how nonchalant yeah. they are. I mean, it's yeah. it's sad to see. I mean, when the game ended last night, James Harden stayed out and shot full-court shots. He shot three full-court shots. Like, I mean, that's not something you do. After a loss, you shake hands and you walk off to court. You don't sit out there and joke around and play around. You know, I'm not one who thinks, oh, these these professional athletes should act like a loss is going to end their lives. But when you're out there like nothing just happened, that the only player who had any amount of heart last night was Marcus Thornton. I mean, they, like, I saw this was terrible officiating. They let the people play a lot, which I loved, but when they did make the call, the officiating was horrendous. The only one who even got a tad bit upset was Marcus Thornton. And it, it was really sad to see how far this team's fallen. And after this game last night, I don't think they're going to recover. I really don't. Um, it's it's something that throughout this year, especially Jamie Bickerstaff looks lost out there. He's, he's doing yeah. the Derek Fisher stare from last year where he's just <laughs> like, uh, 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 what, what do I do? And then, you know, and Detroit, although it was only an 11-point game, aside from, aside from maybe a 8-10 minute span in this game, the Rockets looked like the 76ers. Yeah. It's it's uh this team, this Houston Rockets team is one of those teams right now where they're in flux. We and that's weird to say because coming into this year, after the season they had last year, we're heading towards the quarter pole as you can tell these were both game number 18 where some teams are at game number 19, even the Warriors right now are at game number 20 going into this year. I mean, you're looking at we're getting near that quarter pole. And this Houston Rockets team, seven and eleven. Speaking of seven eleven, uh, it's it's just it's one of those things where you look at it and you're like, 
why, how, what's going on. And, 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 and as you mentioned, and, and, it, and it all kind of comes down to the simple fact that this, these players just seem not to really, they don't seem to have that it factor when it comes to wanting to win. I mean, do they want to win? Yeah. But again, I mentioned it before. They don't really have that spark of really what's, what's, what's sparking them. This is the second worst defense, excuse me, third worst defense in the Western Conference, and both the teams behind them have had injuries at the big man position in Sacramento and New Orleans. I mean, you're looking at a team that has a Dwight Howard, uh, and outside of that, I mean, they, they've had, they have a couple of uh, uh, Patrick Beverly, but they, but they just have not found a way to, to play defense, and that's been the case pretty much ever since this crew's been together for the last two, three years. It's, this team has just not found a way to really put any type of semblance together to win ball games. And when you have that going, and, the, and really, the inmates are running the squad. If, if James Harden's going to shoot half-court shots in the ball games and just joke around and play around, when you're, when you're 7-11 and 11 at this point in the season, now that's only in the Western Conference right now, a game and a half out of a playoff spot. But if you're going to joke around like that at this point in time, you start to set a pace for what the rest of the team is to expect. And for guys that really want to win on this team, I can't imagine how frustrated they must be right now trying to win on this ball club because of the, of the amount of effort and the amount of intensity that this ball club has, which is lack to none, none. It, this is this is this is the part of the season where if you're if you really want to win on this team, which why not? This is a talented bunch. You must be frustrated as all heck. My name is Simo Buckets. Again, uh, my website is cmobuckets.com. If you want to check out anything about me or the show, go on and check out there uh, cmobuckets.com. Also, check out the Facebook page for the Hoopers Log if you want to check that out. Uh, we have all of the whiteboard performances from each night. Every single night we have a recap of what's going on. Go to facebook.com slash the Hoopers Log and you'll find the show and what it entails in the recap from every single night and every single weekend recap as well. Uh, another game from last night that I mentioned that I saw uh, was the Boston Celtics beating the Miami Heat. I called this last night. The Celtics came out slow in that game against the Orlando Magic on Sunday, and last night they proved me right that, look, they just had a bad night the night before. Avery Bradley had 25 points. He didn't lock down Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade had 30 points, four rebounds, four assists. A pretty good game for the the important important time and career that he's at right now. The Celtics get their 10th victory of the season again. That Eastern Conference, man, I'm telling you, it's nothing amazing, but when you got the Boston Celtics hovering around the 10th spot, or excuse me, the 8th spot with 10 wins, and there are, there's, there's two teams down there with, that are around 500 you know, in the Pistons and Magic, you're looking at an Eastern Conference again, very even keel. The Boston Celtics have 10 wins, they're the 8th spot. The Cleveland Cavaliers have 13 wins, they're the 1 spot. Again, Cleveland is talent-wise much more ahead of the curve than the rest of the teams in the Eastern Conference. But with this Boston Celtics team playing the way they're playing, they can compete with pretty much anybody. And we saw that last night in this one. And if you watch the game and if you listen to the post-game show, I'm sure they had some good good stuff there here on CLNS Radio. The game of the night, though, that I thought, well, there were really – I mean, obviously, we know the game of the night. We know the game of the night. But when it comes to matchups and uh, longer implications throughout the season, the Thunder and Hawks, I watched this game in the fourth quarter. And, again, Russell Westbrook, you talk about, again – Video game, 34 points, 7 assists, 11 rebounds, 2 steals. A 61 on the whiteboard, the performance scale, a dominating performance by him, still not enough. He did not have a very efficient game. He turned the ball over quite a bit. 
and the Hawks get the victory 106 to 100. Paul Millsap jumped into the whiteboard with the performances with 26 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, and four blocks with a 51. You talk about a team in a game where you saw really what the Thunder are made of. And again, I think this game defined what the Thunder are going to be all season long. A really good team. They're going to play really good teams well this year, but are they going to finish most of the time? That's going to be all dependent on how Kevin Durant finishes ball games. And last night, Kevin Durant came in to try and finish the ball game. What Russell Westbrook usually does, he could not quite get it done in the end. And and knowing that case and knowing that 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 situation that Russell Westbrook wasn't in the game at the end, not because he was hurt or anything, it was just because it was Kevin Durant's time to shine. He didn't, and that's what it's going to come down to for this team. Both Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant are the the mainstays on this team, and then you have a bench that can be a supporting cast. But if Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant can't close ball games, this Thunder team is going to be what they are, 11-7, and a 45-50 win team, not even a 45 win, they'll be a 50 win team, but a 50 win team that might be a little bit of a mirage of a 50 win team because once they get into the postseason, you can't count on Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant all together. I mean, we've seen it in the past. They've gotten to the Western Conference Finals in the past. We've seen their supporting cast do it. But more than ever, this team is more dependent on Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant succeeding. Because if they don't, this is the type of performances you get. Russell Westbrook had 34 in a 100-point performance by his team. I believe Kevin Durant had 20-plus points last night. That's more than half your points going to two guys. You're dependent on these guys, and when they don't come in in the clutch, you're not going to win. That's what's happening to the Thunder at least this point in the year. We'll get into more of that a week from today as we have our quarter poll episode on the 8th of December. Again, it is December 1st today, uh, so we got more on the way. But, again, this Thunder team has got to come in through the clutch, and as we saw with this Atlanta Hawks team, 106 to 100 as they get the victory, there's still a team to contend with when it comes to their ability to compete in the regular season. They go to 12 and 8. And they're now, in the, again, in the, in the middle portion of the Eastern Conference at the sixth spot as of right now. And, again, talking playoffs is kind of crazy because it's still early and it's December. Spurs and Bulls. Uh, Andrew, I know you watched this game last night. I couldn't watch it. It was on NBA TV. I don't get the NBA TV through my phone. Uh, but I want you to break down this game for me and tell me what you saw uh, when you watched the rest of this one against the Spurs when it was in Chicago. Chicago getting the victory 92-89. What did you see from this one, Andrew? Andrew, are you there? Andrew, right. having some tech. I okay. I put my I put myself on mute when you talk a lot of the time, and I forget to unclick it. It's <laughs> all good. But the Spurs, the Spurs came out in this game had a lot less fire than the Bulls did, especially in the fourth quarter. Um, and and I don't want to make that a knock on the Spurs. They just, I mean, they're the Spurs. This is a regular season game where there's one good matchup in the whole game with Jimmy Butler against uh, Kawhi Leonard, which Kawhi Leonard dominated. Jimmy Butler had 14 points, only shot the ball nine times. Kawhi went for 25, eight or eight rebounds and a few assists. Um, but what I saw in the fourth quarter especially is the Bulls just out-hustled the Spurs. Now, does it show yeah. how much better the Spurs are because they only lost by three and they were kind of nonchalant about this game? Sure. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge had 21 points, but even with that, he he still doesn't look like he fits in this offense, like he likes this offense, like he's enjoying being, playing for this team so far. Sure, I'm sure he likes the winning. I'm sure he likes not 
having the pressure to shoot every time he touches the ball. But it, he he doesn't look comfortable in it. Uh, this isn't a guy who's moved the ball a ton throughout his whole career. He's a guy who, when he wants the shot, he gets to take it. It's not how it works in San Antonio. It's not how it works for, for Tim Duncan, not how it works for Tony Parker, not how it works for Kawhi, and definitely not how it works for LaMarcus. I mean, that's just it's part of the culture, part of the reason why they're so great. Um, another reason they, they lost the game is because Greg Popovich continues to put Manu Ginobili in the fourth quarter. He had a minus right. 17 plus minus last night. Minus yeah. 17. Okay, this guy, he's not good anymore. Okay, It's not 2005. I, I know, right. Right. I know, I know people want him to be good and love Manu, but he's not good right. anymore. It's that simple. He's old. He can't handle the ball like he used to. He can't slither around like he used to. And even when you see yeah. him almost get to the rack, somebody catches up to him before he actually gets there. Um, yeah. But, but you know, the the Spurs are fine. Uh, the Bulls are the Bulls are going to gain. Anytime you beat the Spurs, you gain a ton of confidence. Uh, Absolutely. So this could be a big start. This could be a big start of a run for the Bulls here. I agree. This game tonight uh, from last night, the Spurs and Bulls. Uh, looking at the stat line, uh, the Spurs they were pretty, uh, you know, like you said, m- m- robotic when it came to their, their you know twenty three points in the first, twenty five in the second, twenty five in the third. That fourth quarter, again, when the Bulls went 22-16 to 16 over the Spurs and they won by three, that's where the game was won. Um, and that's what's going to happen when you see an older squad on top of resting guys and coming out nonchalant like the Spurs did tonight or last night against the Bulls team. That's what you're going to see from time to time. And you saw that in this one. Um, and it's no knock on the Spurs again. They're 14 and four. If the, if the let, let's just all be honest. If the Warriors weren't doing what they're doing, and we're going to get to them in a moment, if they weren't doing what they're doing, the Spurs would be in the spotlight of being one of the best teams in the NBA. But considering the mirage and the and the craziness we're seeing in the Bay Area right now, it, it, they're they're under the radar, and they're the best team under the radar in the NBA. That's just the facts. And outside of that, I mean, the Bulls, again, boost of confidence. Great game by Paul Gasol, 18 and 13 by him, four assists. He had a good one. Um, and like you said, you even said it, Kawhi Leonard playing better than Jimmy Butler. Those are words I honestly wouldn't have thought you would have said coming into this year, considering the way Jimmy Butler's been playing. Kawhi Leonard, another great performance, 25 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Not quite a whiteboard worthy, but an outstanding game by him and a good one. And this is a good game. I could honestly see this game, this, this two, two teams play in the NBA finals. If they click in April, they could, and they could, it's a possibility. Will it happen? I don't think so. The chances are slim, but it is a realistic opportunity to see these two teams play and they could easily face each other come June. A terrible game that you mentioned last night to preview the show, uh, Bucks and Nuggets. We're not going to talk about it. The Bucks won ninety-two to seventy-four. They go to seven eleven. Buck Nuggets are now six and twelve. We're not going to talk about that game. Nothing important there. Mavericks and Kings. A couple of cool notes in this one. Demarcus Cousins got a whiteboard worthy performance. Thirty-one points, nine rebounds, and six assists. A fifty-two on the whiteboard worthy performance scale. But the historical implications were that Dirk Nowitzki is the thirteenth player in NBA history to get ten thousand field goals in a career. Talk about a guy that Dirk Nowitzki is, I will say it, the greatest shooting big man of all time. And there's nothing that I don't think anyone can debate that. The guy has won an MVP in this league. The guy has been to two NBA finals and has won an NBA finals. He's won an NBA finals MVP. 
the, the guy is the greatest shooting finesse big man. Maybe not finesse overall, but finesse shooting-wise big man ever. He has his own signature shot that should have its own display in the Hall of Fame. There are so many players these days using his shot to get to get open baskets. Uh, so many players have, have recreated that shot. What, what, what did you see from this one? And real quickly before I let you talk, Andrew, the Trailblazers and Clippers last night, the Clippers seemed, and again, this is a seemed to get back on track with a 102-87 to victory of the Trailblazers. Now, let me remind people, this is the Trailblazers. This isn't, you know, this isn't the, this isn't the Warriors. This isn't anyone special. This is the Trailblazers, where when Ed Davis has, a, has the leading stat line as a top performer on their team, 13 points, 10 rebounds, and an assist, that's not a good sign. DeAndre Jordan got on the whiteboard with the performance scale for the first time this year, 18 points, 24 rebounds. Yes, I know he had a 44 overall because he had those two blocks, but he had 24 rebounds. 20-plus rebounds automatically puts you on there. DeAndre Jordan – I mean, excuse me, Draymond Green – ah, excuse me, Andre Drummond <laughs> will attest to that. He's had plenty of 20-plus plenty of rebound games this year, and he's been on there because of that. Uh, but the main story in those ones, before I let Andrew talk about these two games – uh, and the implications is the injury factor. Boy, uh, Chris Paul last night got injured and again, and Damian Lillard had an abdominal injury, uh, and he had to leave the game early. So kind of, a, kind of a scary you know, situation there with those two mega superstar point guards going out of the game early. Um, but hopefully those guys get healthy and they come back and that they are, are, are good to go here in the next couple of weeks because obviously, as you know, the Clippers will be playing on Christmas Day. And uh, Damian Lillard is, is is really the backbone of that team in in, in Portland. What did you see from these games before we get to the game of the night, Andrew? Uh, you know, DeAndre Jordan had 24 rebounds uh, and 22 missed free throws. So yeah, I know. Let's, <laughs> let's, uh, that's I mean, I I watched almost just as bad. Drummond missed like 14 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the Clippers played good, especially with missing their general for half the game. Uh, their their defense is what really stood out. Uh, you know, of course, the Blazers aren't going to be able to score a ton when when Damian Lillard only plays 17 minutes. But when you hold C.J. McCollum to 4 or 15, Alf Rupamino, you know, we know he's not a scorer, but 3 of 15 is still uh, 20% from the field. Um, right. When you when you hold the whole team to shooting right around Kobe percentage, oh, ooh, that was too soon. Um, but right right around you know thirty seven percent, that's when that's when your defense is doing something regardless of who's in the game. Thirty seven percent, you're not going to lose a lot of games when when the team shoots that low of a percentage. Now the Mavericks and Kings, right. Kings are stepping up their game a little bit. Mavericks are coming a little yeah. bit back down to earth, but don't back off the Mavericks. Uh, they've had 11, 11 games on the road and only seven at home. Um, so you right. know that that home stretch is coming up. I don't have their schedule, but obviously it's coming up soon um, So to get that back on track. So this is a team that, you know, at the 30 game, at the 30 game mark might be something like 17 and 13 or 18 and 12. And that's a really good start, especially the way that yeah. NBA season looks so far where – there's very few teams, you know, the Warriors and the Cavs are maybe the only teams that are going to win over 55 games. Um, yeah, this, but, yeah, this, but, this, this Dallas team is absolutely incredible. Go on. But you know, this is uh, that that's my favorite part of the NBA season so far is that we're not going to have the West have three teams up towards 60 wins, and then the East have one. 
and then a whole bunch of nobodies. There, this is going to be a parody-filled season. We're going to see this year. We're going to see two versus seven matchups where you're not sure who's going to win. At least that's the way it's looking so far. Right. It's it's one of those years where it's looking like the outside of again, outside of Golden State, which we're going to talk to about talk about right now. Outside of Golden State, the Golden State might dictate the reason why the West looks the way it looks right now. And the East, again, as you mentioned, 13 wins for Cleveland right now at the one spot, 10 wins for Boston at the, at the eight spot. Three, three wins apart, and that's, that is parity-driven. Again, I know Cleveland's more talented. I know Golden State's more talented. I know that that's going to be the case with that. But uh, like you said, parity-driven, it's looking like it's going that way, and that is really exciting for the NBA. Um, Last night, obviously, again, history keeps being made. Every single time this Golden State Warrior team takes the floor, there is history being made, it seems. And last night was no exception. Uh, Golden State getting the victory, 106-103. to I mentioned it last night. Don't take Golden State minus the eight. Take, take the Jazz plus the eight. This is, a, this is a, a road game, a tough one for Golden State. And I tell you something, Andrew and I were watching this game last night. And we were saying, look, the Jazz looked like they got it. Rudy, Go, Rudy Gobert was looking like the center we all expect him to be. Uh, you saw a couple of shots, and I know you saw them when you saw Alec Burks, and uh, or should I say, uh, oh man, I, f- I forgot his name, but there, the, but there's a score, the score I really like on that team. Uh, Trevor Booker looked outstanding. Trey Burke looked pretty good. You had some guys come into this game that looked outstanding for the Jazz. And they played one of the best games I've seen them play as an organization all year long and in a while. And unfortunately, you, I, I, thought, I saw something with this Golden State Warrior team last night where I, it just made me say, this team has a heart like no other. How do you really being up that whole game and at a point where it looked like the Jazz were just going to kind of take over and win the ball game, and then you dig down deep, being tired, you know, winning, playing tough these last at least five games. And, and I know they're not great opponents, but they're still NBA games and they're tough. And you dig down deep and you find a way to pull it out again. And Steph Curry, again, pulled out another victory for this Golden State Warrior team. He had 26 points. He did not shoot very well from the field at all. But late in the ball game when it mattered, Steph Curry found a way to connect from deep, and he kept keeping his team in this game. I mean, it went – I'm telling you, there was a point where it looked like the Jazz were going to win, and what happened? It just it just kept happening for the Golden State Warriors. They kept connecting on threes. They kept connecting on open baskets when they got to the lane. I mean, again, it was 99-99 around the one-and-a-half-minute mark, and the Jazz were even up with, with uh, two minutes to go after Derek Favors made his two free throws. Then Steph Curry made a jumper. Then Draymond Green got a, got a made layup. And then you saw the Jazz try to battle back. But then, as you saw, Steph Curry makes, a, makes another three. He makes his free throws, and the ball game's over. And, and, and it just – they find ways to win, and they're more than just this – I mean, obviously, when you win 19 games in a row and you break the NBA record and you keep breaking it every single night, you're going to see things like this, and, and this is the kind of stuff we're seeing from this team now. They're eking out wins. They're getting victories when they're not supposed to. They weren't supposed to win this game last night. The way the game felt in the fourth quarter, it felt like this was the time for Golden State's uh, run to, sh- to end, and they still found a way to pull it out. 
Now, I know that they're I know that they've just gone undefeated in the month of November. We're going to talk about players of the month here in a moment. But how could you not give the player of the month in the Western Conference to Steph Curry? Obviously, statistically, James Harden and Russell Westbrook should be there. But considering you started off the season 19-0 and and the media has been all over uh, Steph Curry and his love affair with him and everyone, uh, you have to give him player of the month in the Western Conference. It's almost the most automatic lock I can ever think of. Um, what did you see from this one, Andrew, as you watched it? And uh, who do you think should be player of the month in the Western Conference? We do not have breaking news. We have the same thing we've seen 19 times this year. Um, yeah. It's been it's, – it's insane. Um, the, yeah. the craziest part about last night is that the way Utah played last night, they yeah. looked like – that was one of the best games I've seen a team play all year, any team. Yeah. Not against the Warriors in general. I mean – Right. Gordon Hayward going making the stops. I mean, they forced 15 turnovers. felt like a lot more. They forced a lot of important turnovers. Only turned the ball over eight times. Um, yeah. But Golden State took 29 three-pointers, made 14 of them. That really turns out to be the difference. Uh, Draymond Green, it, he either looked really bad or really good. There was no middle for him last night. But, I mean, the way the way Utah played – they they might have became my second favorite team in the entire NBA last night. I mean that right. last night that was my favorite one of the favorite regular season games I've ever watched. You you know how the Warriors do this thing where a team will come back and then they'll hit like three straight threes and you'll be like, well there it goes. They did that in this game, but the Jazz would fight back every single right. time. The the the, right. the Warriors would land an uppercut, then you'd get a double jab from the Jazz uppercut. Jazz, jazz, or jab cross, uppercut, uppercut, uppercut back, and then you know you think the Jazz are going to win this game, and then you see you know you see the winning three ball, it was contested, but it it looks good out of his hands, out of Rodney Hood's hands, and it just bounces out. But if if a team that plays as good as the Jazz did last night can't beat Warriors, I I don't know when they can. Obviously, I, you know I am going to predict them to lose every game until they finally do. You know, they still have six games left left on this road trip. Three out of the next right. four are losable games, and really four out of the next four. I mean, Brooklyn took them to overtime. you got Charlotte, who's been yeah. playing well, Toronto, who loves playing against very good teams, Brooklyn, who took them to OT, and then Indiana, who's been playing awesome. And Paul George for Steph Curry should be, yeah. be really cool. And then, you know, Boston and Milwaukee to wrap it up. Those are games that I don't think those teams can win. But if they make it through this road trip, there's only – Two, there's only one game that I think they even have a chance to lose before you know that game on Christmas Day in Cleveland to tie the record, and that's when they play Utah again. They play Utah again on December 23rd. Uh, this one, of course, is in is at Golden State. So this team's just this team is just so good, man. I think I think honestly, uh, you you hit it on the head, and I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to call it right now early. I think that that Toronto game is where the streak ends. And when I say that, when I say that that's the, that's when the Toronto streak ends, I think that this is going to be when, when the Golden State Warriors find their matchup and they can't quite beat them because I think DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are going to come out and play great, great basketball. They played a tough one earlier on in the year against Golden State, and it was outstanding the way the game went. 
Um, I think that's where the streak's going to end. Um, and I think it's unbelievable what this team has been doing. Andrew, I want to get your prediction real quick before you got to go. Andrew's got to go back to work, people. Um, I want to get your prediction real quick on the Western Conference Player of the Month and Eastern Conference Player of the Month quickly before you head out of here. Yep, Eastern Conference Player of the Month, I think it's going to be LeBron. Um, you know, he's Wouldn't been calling me. for his team's effort. You know, he, he's been calling yep. for his team's effort. He's got to lead it. Um, Western Conference Player of the Month, obviously, like you said last month, is Steph Curry. This month, let's let's make it Rudy Gobert. Okay, that last night is going to push him. He's not going to put up the crazy. Listen, he's not going to put up those crazy numbers. You know, twenty points, twenty rebounds, but ten points, seventeen, sixteen rebounds, and maybe five blocks a game, and people start to really see his value. That's a game that's going to put the Jazz on the map. So everybody's going to start tuning in a little bit more, and these guys are going to realize how much Rudy Gobert affects the game. All right, man. Thank you again for coming in. Uh, we'll, we'll get you. We'll get you on for tomorrow. Okay. How about that, Andrew? All right. Peace. All right, Andrew. Andrew's out for the day. He's got to get back to work. He's working hard, man. That's why we do the show here at this time because the only time he can do his he can do his part of the show. And I obviously work during the day or at night, so I can't do my show at night. So we we got some conflicting schedules, but that is the way it is. Uh, do you know basketball? Prove it at FanDuel.com. Play against your friends anytime on FanDuel. Head-to-head, head-to-heads, private leagues have never been easier. Talk about benefits on FanDuel. Uh, you talk about the benefits of FanDuel. I wish Andrew would stay here, but when it comes to the benefits of FanDuel, again, if you're in a fantasy league, especially late in the year, like right now in football, uh, if you're out of it and you can't and you don't have a chance in your league and you're already dead in the water, this is the perfect thing to do. Go to FanDuel. You have daily drafting. You get you get you get to pick two point guards, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two power forwards, and a center each night, every night, and you can potentially get winnings. And you pick those winnings up the next day. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right hand corner. Use my code Celtics and sign up now. When you try FanDuel right now, you'll also get a special no lose offer on your first league. Enter a FanDuel league now, and if you don't win any prize in your first contest, we'll refund your entry up to $10. Just deposit, play, and if you don't win, we'll refund your first entry up to $10 back into your FanDuel account for additional play. Go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone, and use promo code CELTICS. That's FanDuel.com, promo code CELTICS. One thing I wanted to get to before I get to my predictions of who's player of the month and talk about the player of the weeks for a second. I, I, I think I'll only talk about player of the week, but I'll talk about the player of the month situation. This Golden State Warrior team is 19-0. And the one thing I wanted to mention about this team and what they've done over the last month, which is incredible, and it is beyond compare amazing what this team has done. If you'd like to call into the FanDuel uh, phone, uh, uh, call-in line, the phone number is 323 642 one five five eight. If you want to talk about this topic, I heard about it last night on uh, several radio shows. And the one thing I am very, I'm starting to think about when it comes to the NBA. Do teams need coaches? For example, look at the Golden State Warriors and who they have as their head coach right now. Luke Walton. Luke Walton is not being credited with any of those wins, by the way. It is Steve Kerr. Do you really think Luke Walton's word is being spread throughout this team to keep fighting and keep playing the way they're playing. I don't think so. I think this is self-motivated. I think this is self-driven. I think this is a situation where we're seeing 
a team in the Golden State Warriors put together a self-effort that we haven't seen in a long time. I don't think the coach has anything to do with it. I think there are times where Luke Walton's uh, you know, word spreads to this team. It helps them move forward. But I don't think this is a time where the head coach really means much in the NBA. Look at, look at the Houston Rockets, for example. I don't think you could put Phil Jackson there right now, and they would do much. I don't think they'd respond to Phil Jackson. I think if you look at a team like Sacramento, with DeMarcus Cousins, Rajon Rondo, Rudy Gay, especially Rajon Rondo and DeMarcus Cousins, those two attitudes by themselves, a coach really isn't going to tell them how to play. You're looking at an era in the NBA right now where I think the head coach is the least valuable thing around. The only time the coach is valuable when it comes to a team, in my opinion, are teams like the Orlando Magic, the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, When you look at a team like Portland, when you have a lack of superstars or you have a, um, or you have a very young team, I think that's when the coach doesn't, does matter the most. And that's only very selective teams. As I just mentioned three teams that I think the coach matters the most, but in golden state, they can go coachless. They don't need a coach right now. They have a team where they, they can come together and win ball games every night without Luke Walton on the bench. It's been proven. It's the facts. It's what it is. The other thing that bothers me about, you know, this Luke Walton situation, again, he's not getting credited with any of these wins. So what does that say to the importance of the head coach in the NBA when you're successful? It shows that it, it shows that it doesn't matter. It shows that your team overall does not need a head presence. Look at the Sonics back in the in the seventies or or six or eighties. Apologies when they had when they had Lenny Wilkins. Lenny Wilkins was a player coach. They didn't have they didn't have a head coach guy on the bench to, to to help them get where they needed to go. They didn't need that, and they were still successful. I think in today's NBA, you could you could go through and and honestly, this is from a owner's perspective. If you wanted to be an owner in the NBA, and if you are an owner in the NBA, seriously listen to this. Do you really need a head coach in many situations? Now, I will agree, you might need a head coach come postseason for making adjustments and getting things situated. That might be the only time you need a head coach. But why would you need a head coach early on in the year? What's the point? Look at this Warrior team. They're 19-0. and They don't need a head coach. Look at the, uh, look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I'm not knocking – their, their head coach in David Blatt. I'm not knocking him. He is, he is a legendary head coach, especially overseas. I'm never going to knock him. It's not fair. It's not correct. But let's be honest. Do they need a head coach? No. They have LeBron James. LeBron James can coach that team as a player right now, and they would be fine. Do the Atlanta Hawks need a head coach? I think in the playoffs they do, but they don't need him during the regular season. What I'm trying to say is good teams in the NBA. Now, bad teams, okay. Head coach, needed, understandable. Boston Celtics here on CLNS Radio. Again, if you're listening, listen to the CLNS app today. If you're listening to the, to the podcast, I appreciate it, obviously. Here on episode 20 of the Hooper's Log, my name is Seymour Bucket. Uh, the Boston Celtics need a head coach because they have improvised a system and they have a young team and they're trying to implement something that they want to get. Again, I'm not saying abolish the head coach, but I'm saying this to save money when it comes to the owners. Now, again, it's not saving a ton of money. In fact, it's probably not even saving that much money all in all. But is it really worth having a head coach in position on the Golden State Warriors? Is it really worth it? 
they don't they don't need one. And that's not to bash Steve Kerr. That's not to bash Luke Walton. I'm not bashing them. I'm just I'm I'm giving realism to their situation and what they have. They have such a good team. They are 19 and 0 without their head coach, people. So what's the point of having one? Again, the Cleveland Cavaliers 13 and 4 without really or 13 and 5, 13 and 4. They don't even have really their head coach doing much and they haven't done they didn't even, they didn't really do much in the postseason because LeBron James really ran that team. We're just saying it like it is. It, it just is the way it is. So there's some teams in the NBA that I'm just trying to say, look, maybe a head coach isn't needed until March or February or January or Christmas. Maybe what needs to happen in the NBA is these players with the amount of money they're making, the amount of expectations they have on them, maybe they can coach themselves. There are so many player-only meetings going on in the NBA right now. Look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Look at some of these other teams. The Sacramento Kings have had one. They have so many player meetings right now. What's the point of the head coach? Why don't you just have a player meeting once a week and say, where can we improve? Where, where, where are we lacking? What, what can we improve upon? Where can we get better? How can we approach the GM and say, look, this is what we need. Can you help us? If not, we're going to try and make it work. If you can bring someone up to get us to get, make this position. They become their own chess players at that point. And that's where I think the NBA would become more valuable when it comes to, look, you don't need to be a head coach here. Now, again, there are some teams that need it, but there are some teams that clearly don't. And I think that the only time you really need a head coach is come the postseason. And even then, a team like Golden State, a team like Cleveland, I think obviously the San Antonio Spurs need a guy like Greg Popovich because he's one of the lone dogs, last great, unbelievable coaches we have left in this league. I'm talking legendary, will be on plaques forever, basketball Hall of Fame, yada, 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 Greg Popovich. Outside of him and that situation – you're looking at a situation where you don't really need head coaches in some of these teams. I'm talking maybe three or four teams in the league, not much. Maybe if the Golden State Warriors, and, and this is fantasy land, but it's realistic, what's the point of having a head coach if Steve Kerr is not there? He's nowhere near the team. Luke Walton really isn't implementing anything new. This team is going out and playing their brand of basketball the way they want to. So why not in the future when you know your personnel go without a quote-unquote head coach and maybe elect someone maybe like a Draymond Green, maybe like a maybe, – maybe weeks on end. Every other week you can change the player coach. You can amend it to different players, and you would save money on your team and see the kind of players that are, that are going forward. It's not a crazy outlook on some of these teams. Again, you're going to have young teams that need a head coach. You're going to have brand-new teams that need a head coach to get better or to stay relevant, a.k.a. the Dallas Mavericks. Rick Carlisle has done an unbelievable job there. But at the same time, they're not 19-0. So I'm trying to say is, does the head coach really mean anything in the NBA? I think on the, I think on the percentage platform, it's about a 70%. 65% for some teams, but then there's other teams like the Golden State Warriors. I think Luke Walton's impact is only like 30%, 25%. And maybe even right now, it's only like 5 or 10%. He doesn't really matter. They could put me at the, at the, at the coaching position, and I think I would, I would go, I would win five games in a row with that squad. There are some teams in the NBA that just don't need a head coach, and I think what Luke Walton is proving is that Paying these coaches millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars in the NBA is pointless. 
it's it's becoming to that point where paying a guy like Brad Stevens on on the Celtics the amount of money he got when he left Butler is pointless. It it doesn't it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense to pay these guys that kind of money when it's really the talent that's going to get it done for you. It's not the head coach that's going to steer the team. It, it, it's, it's turning into that. And I can guarantee you in five years, we're going to get to a point where we're seeing it right now already. Jason Kidd, Derek Fisher, young coaches in the NBA coming up from the NBA as players straight into the coaching box because it almost doesn't matter who you put there. And I'm not trying to say that, again, I'm not trying to say that Brad Stevens' effort doesn't matter. It does. I'm not trying to say that a team in the Atlanta Hawks with Mike Budenholzer and helping that team get to 60 wins doesn't matter, because it does. But if you put, if you put Phil Jackson, and again, that's not a fair example, but if you put someone who hasn't been in the coaching ranks for a little bit or someone who's a high school head coach or something, if you put them in an NBA locker room as the head coach, I honestly don't think it would change the impact that much at a, as a whole. So I like the the archaic version of having head coaches where they are, but to put them on a pedestal as they're the reason why the team's good, they're the reason why the team's working, we're seeing it through Luke Walton that that is not the case and that is not a reason to give these head coaches the chance that they have because there's, not, there's no point. Look at Fred Hoiberg. The team is ten and team has ten wins, ten and five. Fred Hoiberg took over, you know, uh, he took over uh, Tom Thibodeau's job, and we're now saying Fred Hoiberg is going to be coach of the year because he's taking this. No, no, no. They have talent on that team. That's why they're good. You can swap out whoever you want in Philadelphia. They're still going to be zero and nineteen, or zero and eighteen. They're still going to be bad. So I don't think the coach's presence is as important as we think, and I think that we should drop the pay grade on them, and sometimes for even some teams, get rid of them completely. LeBron can coach his own team. Kobe at point in times without, you know, Mike Smith or or some of these other guys that they've had as head coaches, uh, Byron Scott. Kobe Bryant can coach that team right now. Granted, he probably wouldn't do the best of jobs, but you can have someone coach that team right now instead of a guy like, like Byron Scott. That's no knock on Byron Scott, but he hasn't been the best of coaches lately if you haven't seen. So seeing what Luke Walton's doing with this, with this Golden State Warrior team in, as an interim coach, it just makes you think, what's the real importance on head coaches in the NBA? I don't think it's as high as we want to make it. Uh, again, if you're listening through the CLNS app, through the podcast, I thank you again for listening. If you want to listen through the Apple Podcast app on your phone, Go to that. Search the Hooper's Log. You'll find it. You'll find episodes 1 through 20. You'll find them all, and you can listen to any of them. We've done 20 episodes up to today. This is our 20th episode. We'll be giving our top 10 performances here in just a little bit, but I wanted to go through, uh, I wanted to go through what, uh, what happened this last month when it comes to players of the month. I went 5-3 and three last night in my picks. I will go through that as well as I preview at the very end of the show, we will talk about the performances of the month. Players of the month, my prediction. I said, I said Steph Curry for the Western Conference. I don't think you can really go wrong with picking him from the standpoint of, look, his team's got 19-0. He's the best player on that team. He's the reigning MVP, reigning NBA champion. He has to win it. He has to. He has to win it. If he doesn't, it wouldn't shock me if Harden or Westbrook got it, but it has to go to Steph Curry considering the situation. And my Eastern Conference player of the month, Considering they're in second place in the in the Eastern Conference at eleven and five right now, Indiana Pacers, Paul George. 
Paul George has played an outstanding game over this last couple of weeks, definitely the first three weeks of the season. He was kind of getting warmed up, first couple of weeks of the season getting warmed up. Now over the last two, three weeks of the season, he has finally showed his MVP level of basketball again. And I think he's going to win it. Again, I would not, I would not disagree with, uh, with Andrew Norris on the fact that LeBron James does deserve it as well. He has kept this team afloat considering the struggles they have had, and they're still 13-4. and four. They're still playing well. And an outside shot, and I know, I know Andrew would have loved to hear this, Andre Drummond. I think Andre Drummond would have been an outstanding decision as well considering he won Player of the Week first two weeks of the NBA in the Eastern Conference. Again, if you'd like to call into the FanDuel studio, uh, phone lines are 323-642-1558. If you're at lunch, if you're listening live, if you want to call in, feel free to do so. I'll get you on the air. If you want to just listen through the phone, I can get you there as well. Um, let, let me preview real quick what's coming up in the NBA for tonight. There are six games in the NBA tonight. Again, like I said, five and three last night on my picks for the NBA. If you want to go to some real professionals, go to trendbetting.com. Yeah, go to trendbetting.com, a guy Lance. He will hook you up with someone, uh, Frank Buzz, Travis Hitman. There's a bunch of other guys out there, a bunch of other guys who have picks who do a great job. Sign up for packages with them today, and you can find a way to get your income back to where you want to get it. Go to trendbetting.com, especially if you live in Vegas. Go to trendbetting.com right now and hit up my guy Lance uh, Williams. He knows what he's doing when it comes to getting this, this gambling game on the stretch again trendbetting.com. Lance Williams will get you hooked up there. Uh, preview for six games for, for Tuesday in the NBA. Then there's one big-time college basketball game. I wanted to get Andrew Norris's uh, prediction on this, but unfortunately he's gone now, so we can't get him. Uh, Washington and Cleveland. Washington and Cleveland is the game of the night. In my opinion, I think that is, definitely, uh, that is definitely the game to watch in the NBA if you're an NBA fan. Orlando and Minnesota. This game just spells NBA jam. Like, it is the NBA jam game of the night. Like, these are two teams I want to watch play because they're young, they're talented, they jump out the gym, they're fun to watch. I think this is going to be one of the more fun games to watch in the NBA tonight. And if you're just interested in watching young talent, watch the Orlando Magic and Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, the crappy game of the night, and this is a game that really, this soundbite really defines this ball game. Break. Martin missed the jump shot. Quarterman with a nice outlet. Simmons on the move. And he missed the dunk. He tried to. Ben Simmons missing a dunk. Los Angeles Lakers and the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, both those teams. You're fired. You're fired. Combined. You're fired. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's the. That's the. That is the. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers and Philadelphia 76ers tonight. A terrible matchup. Combined. Combined. Both teams combined two wins, and both of those wins are on the Lakers. Combined losses, 32 losses, two and 32. You talk about a game where if you turn this game on, you better be a diehard Philadelphia fan or a diehard Laker fan because no one else in the nation is watching this one, but that game is going to be on tonight. Let me look at the picks that I have for this for these games tonight uh, in the NBA We have, uh, obviously, like I said, six games. Memphis and New Orleans Pelicans, kind of a so-so game. Obviously, the Pelicans haven't been looking great. Um, Then in uh, in Phoenix, uh, Phoenix and Brooklyn are playing tonight. Eh, Another so-so game. Brooklyn's been playing well, but Phoenix is still outstanding. Dallas and Portland, again, another eh game. Um, When it comes to picks, though, 
Washington and Cleveland. Cleveland is favored by nine. I would take Cleveland in that. I would I would say they're the favorites in that one to win. Orlando and Minnesota, that's going to be a fun one as well. That one's at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'll probably tune into that one later on uh, after I watch the college basketball game. We'll get to that one in a second. Minnesota's favored by two. I would take them in that one. I would say pick Minnesota as well uh, in the favorite pick as well. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers and Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia is favored by a point and a half. I would take the Lakers point and a half. I think the Lakers will keep that streak going. I think the Lakers will get another victory. I think Kobe Bryant's going to do something special tonight in this one. Uh, Memphis and New Orleans. Again, as I mentioned, this is kind of a ho-hum game. New Orleans is favored by a point. I would take Memphis plus the one. Uh, I I think that they're going to get this one done, and they're going to get the victory in that one. Phoenix and Brooklyn, again, another kind of so-so game. Phoenix is favored by three. Take the points. Phoenix is going to win this one, and I think they're going to win it outright. Dallas and Portland, the final game on the slate. Obviously, as I just mentioned, the previous five, Dallas and Portland is is the late game tonight, 7 p.m. Pacific. On NBA TV, check it out if you want to check it out. Not nationally televised, but definitely if you have the if you have the cable package to watch the game, I would do so because it's going to be a fun one to watch. Dirk Nowitzki again setting history last night: 10,000 field goals in a career. Unbelievable stuff there. Hopefully, Damian Lillard can play. If Damian Lillard can't play, Dallas is favored by a point. I would take Dallas minus the point minus the one. They're going to they're going to dominate tonight if Damian Lillard can't play for the Phoenix for the Portland Trailblazers. Excuse me. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Players of the Week, Paul George won it for the Indiana Pacers, Kevin Durant for the Western Conference. Kevin Durant was outstanding on Friday night on Black Friday. He played a great game. And then Paul George over the last week or so has actually been one of the better players in the NBA overall. So it's been a fun, fun uh, situation there when it comes to Players of the Week in the NBA. Let's get to the game of the night, though. No doubt game of the night in college basketball. It is Maryland at at the University of North Carolina. Number two, Maryland at number nine, North Carolina. The Big Ten ACC Challenge. It should be a fun one tonight. Maryland and UNC, UNC will be playing tonight, and it's it's the one of the biggest matchups of the season so far. And, and we're starting December with a bang. North Carolina is favored by six. I think North Carolina is gonna. It, I think this is gonna be closer than people think. I would pick Maryland plus the six. From the standpoint of, look, I mean, they're rated number two. I don't think they're going to win the game per se, but I think this is going to be a much closer game than people give them credit for. And if Maryland can keep this game close within five points, you're talking about a team that might be a top five team all year long because North Carolina was projected before the year to be the number one team. And now they're looking like a team that if they win this game and they win it big, they can go right back to it. But if Maryland can keep it close, they're going to be a top five team all year another story i wanted to get to before i get to these top 10 performances of the of the of the month in november uh last night uh, georgetown senior tyler adams was sidelined was, was was had a touching moment last night uh in a case of pure sportsmanship from ncaa coaches and players and the crowd um tyler adams was sidelined with a career-ending heart condition uh for over the last three years uh he was highly touted and looked at uh, to have a long and successful career ahead of him, maybe even go to the NBA. Um, but he conditioned, he had a conditioned heart problem um, permanently. Sidelined him until yesterday. Um, and John Thompson III for Georgetown started Tyler in his very first career, very first career game on senior night. And in this classy move, 
the Seton Hall uh, team decided to let him get the ball on the tip-off, score a layup, and um, or a dunk. It was actually a wide-open dunk, and they then fouled immediately. The Hoyas did after they, the other team got the ball, or once the Seton Hall got the ball back, and they took him off the court on a standing ovation. You talk about a moment where sports becomes kind of the side factor, and you see a great moment from a guy who unfortunately – has a health condition that has sidelined him and not allowed him to play the game the way he wants to. Um, it's sad to see a guy like this have his, have his life and his career taken away from him. But for John Thompson to do something like this, uh, classy, heartfelt, warm, all those good adjectives together, good stuff from John Thompson. And, and obviously uh, for Tyler Adams, a, a fantastic moment for him. And hopefully he'll remember it for the rest of his life. Top 10 performances. We're going to fly through them. We've got about three minutes left in the show. Let's get through them. Top 10 performances of the month of November. We have two honorable mentions. Two honorable mentions, real quick. Hassan Whiteside. These are, these are just honorable mentions, people, for the month of November slash October 2015. Hassan Whiteside, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 10 blocks, a triple-double with 10 blocks. Not quite the biggest game, but you talk about a triple-double crazy for 10 blocks. On November the 17th, he had that game there, and that's only an honorable mention. Andre Drummond, 25 points, 29 rebounds, 3 steals, a 57 on the whiteboard with the performance scale on the 3rd of November, 29 rebounds. That's only an honorable mention. Now we go to the top 10. Anthony Davis, on November 6th, 43 points, 10 rebounds, Four steals, three assists, and three blocks, a 66 on the whiteboard with a performance scale. That's ridiculous. Number nine, Rajon Rondo, 14 points, 20 assists. Yes, 20 assists, 2-0 assists. Eight rebounds, four steals, 66 on the whiteboard with a performance scale on the 23rd of November. That was last week. Um, and then number eight, we have Russell Westbrook, and there's a lot of Russell Westbrook on here. These next three are Russell Westbrook. Number eight, Oklahoma City in a overtime victory. Uh, actually, no, this wasn't the overtime victory game, but this was this was a great game either way. 43 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, 68 on the whiteboard with the performance scale on the 18th of November for Russell Westbrook. Number eight on the schedule. Number nine or number seven, excuse me, Russell Westbrook, 40 points, 14 assists, four rebounds, three steals, 75 in that one in a loss. Uh, on no, on November 16th. And then you have on number six, Russell Westbrook, 48 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists, a 75 on the whiteboard with a performance scale. This one's better because it was in an overtime victory over the Orlando Magic, one of the best games of the season so far in the first week of the year uh, on October 30th. An unbelievable game by Russell Westbrook. Then number five, we're in the top five now. James Harden, 43 points. 13 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, a 77 on the whiteboard with a performance scale on November 6th. Brandon Knight, the best triple-double of the season so far. 30 points on the Phoenix Suns, 30 points, 15 assists, 10 rebounds, a triple-double like no other. 74 points, 74 on the, on the whiteboard with a performance scale on November 16th. Yes, there was the number 7 performance, which was Russell Westbrook on November 16th, and then Brandon Knight's unbelievable triple-double on November 16th as well for number four. Number three, James Harden, 50 points, eight assists, nine rebounds, 75 overall on the whiteboard with the performance scale 
on Black Friday. James Harden went off in that one. Steph Curry, number two, 53 points, nine assists, four rebounds, four steals on Halloween, a 79 on the way forward, the performance scale. And the number one performance on the month of November, October, James Harden, 45 points, 11 assists, eight rebounds, and five steals. Craziness right there. Five steals. He was all over the basketball court in an 80. I don't care what you do. This performance was similar to what Russell Westbrook did on the 30th of October. The difference is, is Russell Westbrook didn't have five steals. And whenever you eclipse the 80 benchmark on the whiteboard-worthy performances, when you get an 80, you're getting number one no matter what. Because 80 is crazy and unconscious. 45 points, 11 assists, 8 rebounds, and 5 steals on the 18th of November. An 80 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale by James Harden. A 90 is a legendary performance score because that is something we'll never forget. This was just an unbelievable performance by James Harden. Those are your top 10 performances in the month of November. We will have our show tomorrow on Wednesday. Early show tomorrow. Early, 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 early show tomorrow. We will not have a late show uh, like normal show today, like we had today at 11 p.m. Or excuse me, 12, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. We won't have that show at that time tomorrow, but we will have a show at 8 a.m. Pacific time. 11, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, early edition show. I have some stuff I have to do later on, but I wanted to get the show out of the way and done with. Again, episode 20 is in the book. Episode 21 is tomorrow. Again, Twitter. If you want to follow me on Twitter, CMOBucket253. I am on the Twitter sphere. Obviously, Andrew is at Talk, talk B-Balls now. Uh, find him there. Get him going. Again, always trying to hit us up here on the Hooper's Log. If you want to listen through the Apple Podcast, through any other things like that, go to it, find it. Find us. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Live in the world of everything of everything. Basketball. That is us. That is the Hoopers Log through CLNS Radio, through the FanDuel Studios. My name is Simo Buckets. Thank you again for listening. Again, tomorrow's show is at 8 a.m. Pacific time and 11 a.m. Eastern. Thank you again for listening. Have a great night in basketball. Watch that Big Ten ACC Challenge, people. Get it done. Episode 20 in the book. See you tomorrow.